Welcome to another episode of Radio Contra, the podcast of AmericanPartisan.org, the podcast that is too spicy for Patreon.com, canceled across the board on many, many platforms, but yet here we are still surviving, rocking the house, and it is very good to be with all of you out there. Quick shout out to the show sponsors, CivilDefenseManual.com, Jack Lawson's two volume set on how to set up neighborhood protection teams, literally from square zero. I wrote the communications chapter and you need this book. Blacksmith Publishing, the Warriors bookstore, two very good friends of mine, special forces, legends, in the soft community, Paul LeFavre and Mike Blackburn at the helm over there. They have an incredible repertoire of books. Iron Sharpening Iron. I mean, at the top of that list, it, you know, I've talked about that a lot. I have, uh, you know, conveyed my thoughts on that book and its personal importance to me. And I think that um, it is life changing. It is a life-changing book, and I think if you you are an American man, you need to read that. Paul has been burning the midnight oil. He's got a new book out on Ukraine that I have not had a chance to dive into yet, but I'm really looking forward to doing that. Um, and and what an incredible guy! Uh, just just all around, Paul Lefevre is is really an incredible guy, but also the uh, Army's small unit tactics handbook uh him and mike blackburn co-authoring that based on their experience uh as special forces operators over the years and being instructors at the u.s army special forces small unit tactics course uh which is part of the the uh, much longer green beret qualification course sf qualification course and i'm telling you that book is huge worth having worth absolutely worth having you're talking about um you know a a lifetime two lifetimes worth of small unit experience that was condensed into one book really really amazing and then back in uh episode 97 did an interview with both of them and uh, they were up here in person and we did a recorded interview it was really amazing and of course that's back in the show archives which you can access for as little as a dollar a month over on the Podbean patron program and there's going to be a link down below to click on where you can support this show you can support this censored podcast since all the other platforms want to shut us down hey man we're over here doing our thing last and certainly not least on the list is my good friend frequent guest of the show joe dolio 
with Tactical Wisdom, his three-volume set available on Amazon, and I've got links down below. Uh, really incredible guy, biblically-based preparedness manuals. And he has been there and done that himself, uh, Marine Corps veteran, Operation Iraqi Freedom veteran, just an all-around incredible guy. Big shout-out to him over at Tactical Wisdom. And again, circling back, you can support this podcast by committing a tiny monthly amount, as little as $1 to the Podbean patron program to support my work here to support AmericanPartisan.org as well. Daily news aggregator with original content as well going up over there. You can support what we do because it's really coming down to the the point where we have to support ourselves. Uh, last episode yesterday had an absolute knockout interview with the economic ninja. Go back and listen to that. And something that he said, a concept that he conveyed in that episode um, about how we, we really have to support each other in this community. And, you know, how did the elites get to where they got... I mean, yeah, they, they might have started out with a few legs up and, you know, and, and really have maintained themselves in the power. But how do we take that power back? How do we take that economic power back and create that economic revolution? The way that we do that is by supporting each other and by supporting the efforts of one another, those voices of freedom, those voices of human liberty out there, which there are many of them, and I am very glad to be just one of the cogs in the wheels of liberty that are absolutely turning. They're absolutely turning. So we have to support one another. I give a shout out to a lot of people out there and willing to share the stage with a lot of folks and just really give as much as I can to this community. And we have to be able to support our own. So that Podbean patron program has really been a blessing. And you guys... Uh, within 24 hours of getting canceled by Patreon. And, you know, it's really, on one hand, I mean, it's Patreon's loss because I hadn't really done much with Patreon. It was there. People were supporting American Partisan. There really wasn't anything that was being done with it. I wasn't putting original content or exclusive content or any of that stuff up over there. It just was what it was. And... You guys voted with your dollars. You guys, uh, this this wonderful audience out there, came out of the woodwork and spoke and is supporting Radio Contra and American Partisan through the Radio Contra Podbean patron program in such an incredible way. And uh, I, I can't thank you enough. So all of you out there, um, to all of you who have been longtime listeners, I've got something in the mail coming for you. Uh, you know, it, the emails sent out to a huge number of you, $10 level supporters, uh, you know, at the $5 level, you get access to lessons from the farm. I've got a lot of content up there, everything from interrogation resistance to signals intelligence and getting into those communications topics. Now, 
But for my $10 level supporters, you guys that have been very patient out there, sent out emails, had a huge number of packages go out last week. Uh, patches, decals, cool guy swag going out to all of you out there who have been loyal supporters. And uh, I'm really, really proud of that. Really proud of this community and the opportunity that you've given me to be able to offer what I know, what little bit I know to all of you out there. It's, it's very, very humbling. And uh, I really appreciate it. And I really appreciate listenership of Radio Contra uh, for, you know, a little over a year now having, uh, you know, closing in on 6,100 subscribers just on Podbean just on Podbean, averaging within uh, the first 12 hours of an episode going up uh, a thousand downloads, which is huge. That's huge. Uh, by anybody's metric, if, if you look at the statistics for podcasts, um, you know, we're, we're, we're really just running the tables, ranked number two in news commentary, top 50 overall podcasts on Podbean. I, I tell you, I, it just really, it's, it's something, it's something. And that success is owed to all of you out there who really make it what it is. Uh, it's not me. It's, it's all of you out there. And, and again, very humbled by that. Can't thank you enough. And, uh, really just, you know, it, it, from the opportunity to teach, from the opportunity to uh, share some analysis from my perspective on the world out there and for that to be valued by uh, the masses in, in the way that it has been with a warm reception, it, it's really something. It's really something because freedom does not exist in stasis. You know, we have to fight for it. We have to uh, constantly be engaged in the fight for freedom. And, and the, um, that threat environment against us, the, the ever-present threat of, of uh, oppression, is right there in our faces. It's constantly in our faces, and it's it's constantly uh, shoving its way into things. And, and, you know, we see it for what it is. We see it for what it is, and, and that's why, you know, you're here. Uh, <clears throat> you know, and we're, we're seeing it again with big tech. Of course, big tech is a, a very interesting animal. You know, by the by, the mainstream conservatives, the neocons, etc. Uh, big tech gets to be a, a very convenient punching bag. Uh, of course, we do know that that big tech is largely dominated by the far left. Um, you know, not just the mainstream left, but the far left, and that's at the the operational end. That's at the um, the day-to-day operations, the people who are at the, the levers of, of actual power and the intermediaries, they're the gatekeepers, so to speak. And, and I've been victim to this, um, you know, talked about it in the last Sons of Liberty. I've been victim to this censorship, uh, too spicy for Patreon, right? Getting canceled off of that. I've been deplatformed elsewhere, you know, and, and I've had to work very, very hard to, uh, to, to maintain that voice, to keep that voice, to keep that alive. And um, it's not an easy thing, okay? You have to understand that when you are in a fight 
for liberty. It's a fight, okay? It's an actual fight, and you're going to have to fight to maintain your place. You're going to have to fight to maintain your voice and to maintain those freedoms, okay? You got to buckle down. You got to be willing to make sacrifices, and you got to be willing to work for it. There's too many people out there that are willing to step aside and just settle for the status quo and say, well, you know, somebody else is going to do the heavy lifting for me. I really like what that Tucker Carlson or that Alex Jones or, you know, uh, that, that Radio Contra or, or any, any of these podcasts out there that you listen to in the alternative media. I really like what they have to say, but I'm going to be a consumer of knowledge. I'm not going to get out there and actually utilize praxis, putting the metal in the meat. You got to be willing to do that. And if you're one of those people that all you can do is contribute a little bit here and there, and that's all you can do, well, then that's all you can do. But whatever it is that you do, do it the best of your abilities. Step up and make your voice heard. Because if you're content to sit back and let somebody else do all the heavy lifting for you, I promise you, nothing is going to get done. But it's proof positive. The, the success of this podcast is proof positive of what can be done when somebody is willing to doggone work for it. And to get out there and get committed to a fight. If you're willing to do it, if you're willing to put forth the effort and the risk involved you can make it work you can make it happen and you will be successful i promise you now it is a fight you know as as i was talking about in the last sons of liberty live show you know alex jones is in a a very critical fight that we all need to be paying attention to right now for good or bad whatever it is that you may think personally of him you might be on the the complete opposite side of the table the opposite side of the fence from from you know conservative uh whatever whatever it is that you want to call it you know maybe you're on the left why is his fight so important because you got to understand that they are weaponizing civil litigation to try and shut down freedom of speech because you might be on the left wing. You might be a leftist. You might think right now, because the winds of change have blown in your favor for how long now? Because big tech, neoliberalism is supporting you right now? Step outside of those boundaries. Be a Glenn Greenwald, who is not a conservative by any stretch of the imagination. Be a Tulsi Gabbard, who is absolutely on the left side of things, but she has found herself on the wrong side of neoliberalism. And they're trying to shut her down. Find yourself outside of the parameters of acceptable speech. Speak out and tell the truth in this world of lies and see what happens to you. See how fast you're squelched. So... Whatever people may think about Alex Jones and whatever people may think about the case in particular, there are some things that cannot be denied. The first is, is that there is an absolute political component to all of this, especially this case in Connecticut. And that is why they have shut him down and that's why they're coming after his assets. And the second is, is that through politics, they know that if they cannot win in a criminal court, that they can civilly litigate somebody into 
uh, complete bankruptcy and take them off the table. And that's exactly what they're doing to him. That is exactly what they're doing to him. They tested it with the tobacco companies. They tested this concept with the tobacco companies. Then they moved on to companies like Bushmaster and Remington and the NRA. They know that they cannot win any other way. So they take it to a civil court and they judge shop until they find the right liberal who they know is going to rule in their favor. And all they need is a preponderance of evidence. 51%. 51% of preponderance of evidence. The standard of evidence is so low that in a civil case, they know that they can win. It's a slam dunk. They pick the judge. They pick the jury. And it's signed, sealed, and delivered. It is an industry that was created based on personal injury lawyers. And that same strategy that they knew that they could employ, they began to apply to other political goals. That's what they've done. And that's why Alex Jones's case is so doggone important. But he's not alone. He is not alone. He's not the only one. They tried it with Joe Rogan. They're going to do it again. They're going to do it again. And they're going to do it with other guys too. So you may not like them, you may not support them, you may not listen to them, and hell, you may not even care, but I'm telling you, you need to care. You need to care. You need to support them. That's why I have never said that they should shut down any left-wing host. I don't really care. I don't listen to them. I don't listen to Joy Reid. Apparently nobody else does either, but I don't listen to people like Rachel Maddow. I don't listen to Chapo Trap House or any of that stuff, any of the left-wing people that are out there that that are kind of at the the top of the heap when it comes to left-wing stuff. But let me tell you something. They should not be deplatformed. They should not be deplatformed. The winds of change will blow another way, and it's going to blow towards conservatives, I think. I think, at least. This is the way that it's looking like it's going. And the shoe's going to be on the other foot. You shouldn't shut those people down. They have a right to their voice. We can disagree in the marketplace of ideas. And that, of course, brings me to the thing that I'm going to talk about. The, the big news right now, the big debate going on, the meltdown among uh, pseudo-leftists out there is Elon Musk's uh, hostile takeover of Twitter and what he is saying, at least at face value, that he, he plans on doing. And uh, we'll see. Uh, I'm very fascinated by this story for a lot of reasons to see how it works out exactly. Um, it, it, because realistically it could go either way. I think that, uh, if he buys it out, he's got enough bargaining power with the SEC, uh, the securities and exchange commission to where I don't think he'll have too many problems. And, and the SEC has already made some moves, uh, the former chair of the SEC gave Twitter an F and was very vocal about that uh, for them not accepting the buyout offer because Twitter 
as a company is kind of a not the best run company in the world. Jack Dorsey was certainly not a good CEO by any stretch of the imagination. And as it turns out, censorship on, on the part of Twitter is, is actually not very good for business. Um, but Elon Musk is stating that, you know, with this, basically he wants to open it up to become uh, a broader marketplace of ideas. And, and I'm all in favor of that. And of course, uh, you know, the, Twitter as a corporation is melting down. And, you know, the, the very vocal voices, the blue check marks, these are people who are adherents of neoliberal policy. Um, you know, it, one of the big mistakes that conservatives make a lot of times is that we just simply uh, label these people as, oh, they're communists. Well, that's not necessarily true. Uh, they're absolutely capitalists. They're neoliberals. It's a, it's a different animal. That's a different animal. And, and you got to understand what neoliberalism is. If all you listen to, the only information you consume is, you know, Glenn Beck on, on a regular basis, and you're probably not really going to understand what neoliberalism is, but it's, you know, your, your woke capitalism, quote unquote, that's neoliberalism. Um, it is appealing to an international audience and international uh, based clientele and our government does this and, and the United States government is strongly in favor of that as is uh, the British government, the French government, Canadian government, so on and so forth because that broadens the base by which you, you can draw a large number of things and, and um, it, it's very advantageous. Our intelligence communities utilize this because now we can invite in all sorts of unscrupulous characters to utilize for a broad range of, of things uh, that we do. And it's highly, highly unethical, um, at least in, in my opinion. And this is a, a concept that was visited in uh, Mushin Hamid's uh, the uh, reluctant fundamentalist. This was kind of an idea that was in that. This was uh, certainly the, the core concept. Uh, Rudyard Kipling's Kim is another story that was very important to all of this. But where am I going with all this? Uh, where am I going with this? Neoliberal politics, neoliberal policy, neoliberal capitalism is very, very toxic for freedom because they're going to squelch anybody's voice. And you have to understand that this is... This is capitalism. It's not necessarily socialism. If you wanted to give a more correct label to it, we could term it national socialism because that, that's what it is. It's, it, it is national socialism that seeks to expand through imperialism, expanding its own borders outside of its own borders, exporting products. And that's why we have Disney, uh, Coca-Cola, Pepsi, you know, you, you name it. That is the reason that, that we have exported all that to the rest of the world the way that we have. And neoliberalism at its heart is to create, uh, the aim is to create the largest amount of, of a clientele base as possible. And that's, that's why you have the, the policies that they have that are not America focused, they're international focused. And they want to squelch uh, any sort of, of uh, America centric speech and and they're going to do that which is what we consider to be conservatism in, in america is is national focused right but elon musk doing this a lot of conservatives get excited oh, oh elon musk he's gonna be our guy right 
Well, hold your horses. Um, while I wholeheartedly support Elon Musk's uh, aim here, and I think that it's it's a good thing, you got to be careful. You got to be careful. The guy is not necessarily on your side simply because he's saying things that you might agree with at this given time. There is always something else at work here. Okay, Elon Musk might not necessarily uh, be wanting free speech and the freedom of, of speech and the expression of ideas for the same reason that you think that he is. Um, I, there might be other things at work here. And I think that there absolutely uh, is my suspicion that there absolutely is. And one of them is AI. Because no billionaire, nobody with the, the uh, status and the, the wealth of Elon Musk is going to invest in anything that's going to be a losing enterprise. They, they're seeking to make money off of it by hook or by crook. Because that's, you know, it, it, that, that's the crux of Adam Smith, the wealth of nations. Why is it that, that the butcher cuts meat? It's not because he necessarily likes to cut meat. It's because he's doing it to support his family. And at the macro level, at the macro level, when, when you broaden that out, a, a billionaire is not going to put his money where his mouth is, literally uh, half of his wealth down on the table to buy a platform that's going to be a losing enterprise. He's not going to do that. So one of the things, and he's expressed in the past uh, his intention of building up AI, um, really getting that off the ground, and that's going to play a role. That's absolutely going to play a role. Um, AI is something that, that scares me. Uh, I think that, that the rise of AI is going to be the downfall of, of civilization. And, um, you know, I, I am not a fan of the advancement of AI because I don't believe that we are responsible enough as, as a society to be able to utilize it in proper ways. We can't utilize the Internet in in proper ways. Uh, so, you know, we're, we're not responsible enough to communicate with one another in a civil manner or respect the rights of one another online. Uh, in AI, if, if, you know, in Elon Musk back in uh, a couple of interviews, he's done one with uh, Joe Rogan that was of note. If his theory is correct. And, and I do agree with this, the, the basic thesis that AI is an outgrowth of the human psyche and, and our collective conscience. What we think AI can only make decisions based on the data set that is given. And so if all it's taking in is the toxicity and rancor that we as humans spout off at one another online, what's AI going to become? And so I, I, that's a very, very scary. It's for that reason that it is very, very scary to me. Uh, the rise of AI is very scary. Now, there's nothing that I can do to stop that. I, we're certainly not going to stop the wheels of progress when it comes to technology. And that, that's what the whole... Um, uh, Terminator series is really about at its core. Uh, I robot and uh, Blade Runner before it have asked this, these questions in, in very deep and meaningful ways. It's important 
for us to sit back and analyze the ramifications of that. But I do think that that is, at its heart, that is Elon Musk's overall plan. This is what he is seeking to do to further AI. What else might Twitter be up to? Well, as I've talked about in the past, uh, I am not a big fan of social media as a thing for a number of reasons. Um, one, because I, it's it's toxic. It is addictive. It is designed to give us immediate gratification. Um, and I, I'm, I'm not a fan of it for that reason. It, it has been highly toxic to uh, civilization in general, you know, specifically American civilization. I mean, look at, look at American culture since the rise of social media in the past 20 years. Uh, attention spans are shorter. We're more rude, more vulgar with one another. Um, you know, just in the past two years of, of COVID lockdowns where people have been more reliant on social media for human interaction rather than physical interaction with one another. It, it's been highly toxic and very damaging to people's psychology. Uh, the the suicide rate is going up. The incidence of drug abuse is going up. The prescription of, of SSRIs is going up across the board. And these are all uh, correlates of the rise in the use of social media, the addiction of social media. So I think it's, it's toxic in that regard. The other reason comes from the other side of the coin, how social media is weaponized. Um, IIA or interactive influence activities uh, internet influence activities, IIA or 2IA operations. If you look this up, these are intelligence agency, national government level uh, influence campaigns. You know, you would probably recognize uh, Cambridge Analytica being one of these. It was, it was famous in the news. Um, the so-called Russian influence campaign that was going on on Facebook, which was largely debunked. But... These all exist, and the the reason that we mention them and the reason that we know about them is because they absolutely go on. And the American government has been doing this too. Okay, we weaponized social media for the Arab Spring, and there's been a number of books and academic research that's been published that talked about that very thing. I was there. I saw it firsthand what was going on behind the curtain with social media and how we were utilizing social media to foment artificial discord in targeted countries. We were utilizing that. Further, further, we were also utilizing it to weaponize it against targets of interest. And I've talked about all this in the past. I've written about it in the past. It's the dangers of social media. Now look, if you're on social media, American Partisans got social media accounts. We got a Facebook. We got a Twitter. I know a lot of guys out there who are very skilled. They're over on Gab and, you know, Getter and Truth Social and all this stuff. Parlor. Hey, that's fine. If that's what you do, that's cool. But just understand that there are dangers inherent. Now, what does this have to do with Elon Musk and Twitter? Well... Something that was published by The Intercept just two days ago. 
American phone tracking firm demonstrated surveillance powers by spying on CIA and the NSA. I have this story, a snippet of it, published up on AmericanPartisan.org. And of course, you can follow the links there and head on over to Glenn Greenwald's The Intercept. I think that this is an incredibly well done piece. Uh, and, and one that should be very telling and a warning to anybody concerned about the rise of social media and their privacy, security, and anonymity. A company known as Anomaly 6, a secretive government contractor, claims to monitor the movements of billions of phones around the world and unmask spies with the press of a button. In the months leading up to Russia's invasion of Ukraine, two obscure American startups met to discuss a potential surveillance partnership that would merge the ability to track movements of billions of people via their phones with a constant stream of data purchased directly from Twitter. Oh! Directly from Twitter. And how much money did they purchase... Or did they have to spend on purchasing this data? That part is undisclosed. Who are the financial backers of Anomaly 6? Hmm. That leads to some questions too. And I will tell you this. When it comes to intelligence tradecraft and intelligence collection, we do a lot of things through private companies that we cannot do legally through actual declared governmental organizations like the NSA, the CIA, or the Defense Intelligence Agency. This is a huge deal, folks. A huge deal. And they bought this data set specifically from Twitter. The article goes on. According to Brendan Clark of Anomaly 6, and let's just assume that that's a pseudonym, or Alpha 6, the combination of its cell phone location tracking technology with the social media surveillance provided by Zignal Labs would permit the U.S. government to effortlessly spy on Russian forces. Uh, see, that they always use a, a target that anybody could get behind. Well, they're utilizing, they're utilizing this to spy on Russians, so it's okay. Yeah, but what else could they be spying on? It, it would be very dumb and short-sighted of us to assume that that's the only people that they're spying on. Okay, <clears throat> um, but the article goes on. To effortlessly spy on Russian forces as they amass along the Ukrainian border. Or similarly track Chinese nuclear submarines. Huh. Uh, okay, I don't... Uh, well, we'll see you about that one. I don't think that they were doing that, but that's just me. Uh, the article goes on to prove that the technology worked. Clark pointed A6's powers inward, spying on the National Security Agency and the CIA, utilizing their own cell phones against them. Virginia-based Anomaly 6 was founded in 2018 by two ex-military intelligence officers and maintains a public presence that is scant to the point of mysterious. Of course it does. Its website disclosing that nothing about what the firm actually does. But there's a good chance that Alpha 6 
knows an immense amount about you. Of course they do. The company is one of many that purchases vast reams of location data, tracking hundreds of millions of people around the world by exploiting a poorly understood fact. Countless common smartphone apps are constantly harvesting your location and relaying it to advertisers, typically without your knowledge or informed consent, relying on disclosures buried in the legalese of sprawling terms of service that the companies involved count on you never reading. Once your location is beamed to an advertiser, there is currently no law in the United States prohibiting the further sale and resale of that information to firms like Anomaly 6, which are free to sell it to their private sector and governmental clientele. For anyone interested in tracking the daily lives of others, the digital advertising industry is taking care of the grunt work day in and day out. All a third party needs to do is buy access. Oh, and where did they get their money? Where did they get their investment to start up something like that? Well, probably Uncle Sam. Probably Uncle Sam. Probably a front company of Uncle Sam. And so I will bring you back to Elon Musk. What is actually going on here? What is the actual ramifications of his purchasing of Twitter? So... I am interested, I will say again, I am interested to see how the story with Elon Musk plays out. I don't particularly care whether he purchases it or not, and I don't care what happens to Twitter. Uh, American Partisan's been in Twitter jail a bunch of times. They haven't banned us yet, but I'm sure they will. And, uh, I mean, it is what it is. Um, it is what it is. Posts get automatically populated over there. If you want to follow it, awesome. If not, cool. Whatever. It doesn't really matter. But it is interesting, right? It is interesting to see the interaction uh, that is happening here. And I think that at least part of what is going on with Twitter and the potential buyout of Twitter is that there are some people behind the scenes in the intelligence community that do not want this to happen because they do not want Musk to have that level of power and and to the degree that it might get further disclosed what Twitter is actually up to. Now, with that being said, Twitter is not alone. Facebook has been doing this and Facebook has been very... Uh, let's say not necessarily public about doing this, but if you read between the lines, you'll know that they're up to no good. If you put the Facebook app, the meta, uh, getting into the metaverse, right? The metaverse, the race towards building the virtual realm, right? There was some interesting pieces that were up on other corners of the internet dealing with, uh, uh, cyber soldiers in the metaverse, uh, th that's really easy. How, how do we control the metaverse? Pull the plug. Uh, just pull the plug and, and don't interact on it. And then it ceases to exist. Uh, so that, that's one way you deal with it. But Facebook is absolutely doing this and they're up to their elbows in this also. Intelligence agencies provided the seed money for these companies to go forward. They produce almost nothing. And so how do they have record level profits. And there's a lot out there being said that Twitter isn't even financially solvent anyway. Um, 
and and I don't know whether that's true or not. I'm not an investor in Twitter and would never invest in big tech anyway, uh, because it, to me it's always looked like a giant shell game. I put my money elsewhere. It is what it is. Okay, it is what it is. But <clears throat> what this all has to do with you is that Elon Musk is seeking a greater amount of control. So there's the AI aspect and there is the intelligence collection aspect there of that. So whether you're for it, whether you're against it, whatever, apathetic, it is going to be interesting and it is something to absolutely pay attention to. Now, I want to revisit this story. I want to go back to this story from The Intercept because there's a, a strong overlap with the Elon Musk story, the continuing drama with that and this story and how it all applies to you. And then once more, I want to revisit the topic of cell phones. Now, I've covered cell phones in depth a lot in the past. and I caught a lot of flack from, we'll say, certain segments of the audience that the technology that, that I discuss and the concepts that I discuss are, are kind of beyond you. Now, I'm not saying that to disparage anyone. I'm not saying that to put anybody down or, you know, any, any of that stuff. Okay, if, if you're listening to the program, I'm here to educate you. But I want you to understand that there is a high degree of thinking outside the box. And when it comes to big tech, when it comes to technology, when it comes to the constantly evolving battlefield in which we live, you have to stay on top of things. You have to stay on top of the game. And you have to understand that we live in an asymmetric environment. That technology does not stay in stasis. And if you are at all concerned about your privacy and your personal security or persec, you have to stay on top of these topics. Okay, you have to follow up on this stuff. So right off the, the bat, you know, how did... This company, Anomaly 6 and uh, Signal Labs, uh, Signal with a Z, so it's like Signal but with a Z. And I thought we banned Z. I, I thought we couldn't, we couldn't use Z anymore. Um, uh, anyway, it, whatever. Uh, how did they collect this information? Well, it's pretty simple. If you put the Twitter app on your phone... And you're so excited. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put the, the app on my phone and I'm going to use it. And I'm going to get on there and I'm going to talk to all these people. And I'm going to, uh, you know, I'm going to troll people. And I'm going to call people all the bad names. And if I do it with blue hair, well, I won't get banned, right? And I'll put my little Ukrainian flag up and I'll be good to go. And then I can say whatever I want, right? Because that gives you free speech. That's, that's the key to getting free speech if you fly a Ukrainian flag. Uh, you can say whatever you want if you put a Ukrainian flag on it um, and, and you're good to go. But uh, anyhow, with, with a little, little joke here. Uh, but with that said, if uh, you put all that on there, you probably did not take the time to read through the terms of service, the actual terms of service. And you checked yes to everything that that app wanted, including your geolocation data. Now you're probably thinking, well, but, I, you know, I cut that off. 
I don't allow the GPS on my phone, which is not GPS that is satellite-based, by the way. It's GPS that's terrestrial-based, meaning that it works on cell phone towers exclusively and uh, nothing more, which that can triangulate your position and, and pinpoint you anywhere and everywhere to people who have enough tools to get the data and to skim the data. Uh, but... The point here is, is that even if you cut your GPS off, all you did was eliminate your ability to pinpoint yourself. Anybody else still can and do. And whatever apps that you have running in the background of your phone, especially social media apps, all of them, by the way, all of them, not just Twitter, not just Facebook, but all of these, all of them, I don't care about whatever your favorite platform might be. It's all of them. They're all doing this because they're all in the business of selling you the data. Okay. It said right here in this article from The Intercept, how are they collecting data? How are they doing it? Because it's through advertising and you have targeted advertising based on geolocation. They're keeping all that data. Somebody is recording all that data. So how do you mitigate that? Well, one way to mitigate this is to not be interacting on social media. I'm a big advocate of this for reasons that I've already pointed out. You may not be, okay? That might be your thing. That might be your outlet. Hey, we're all human. I get it. And so if that's the case, if that's you... You know, and, and you know, you, you live on social media or that's your advertising platform. Please, at a minimum, don't install it on your phone and keep your digital footprint, your phone usage to a minimum. Okay, keep that to a minimum. Because if not, phones are too easy. You know, we talked about in previous episodes, had Madman actual lawn for uh, three or four episodes. Well, we talked about this very topic that was his job in the NSA, National Security Agency, to literally track cell phones. That was his job in the United States Army as well. So the man knows what he's talking about. I've done multiple episodes, Lessons from the Farm, where I talked about exactly what data is being collected and how to mitigate that. Go back and listen to those episodes. All right, go back and listen to those. Uh, there are episodes back in the archives uh, back in the archives, going back a little over a year ago, where I talked about how to mitigate all of that data being collected, uh, specifically went into what's being collected and how it's being weaponized. I will tell you this, go back and revisit the clandestine communications device. I wrote a couple of articles about it, did some podcasts that are back in the archives about it as well. What you are essentially doing is taking an MP4 player or a Wi-Fi only tablet. Now, this is really important. It has to be a Wi-Fi only tablet. Okay. The tablet itself cannot have cell phone service. If you put cell phone service on it, it's one of those that Verizon or T-Mobile or AT&T or whoever gave you with your service plan, with your phone, it's it basically what you have at that point is a large cell phone. Okay. You have to have a Wi-Fi only tablet. And here's why. Okay. You are controlling at that point when and where it is being connected to the internet. 
You can utilize it at anywhere that has uh, free public Wi-Fi, uh, coffee shops, fast food places, you know, wherever. Um, that kind of gets into the concept of war driving. So if you, you know, war driving is a, is a hacker's term where you're, you're driving around in your vehicle looking for open Wi-Fi connections to get free internet. And you would be surprised by the way, how many there actually are out there. People who don't secure their routers, don't secure their internet connection. And, uh, you know, you, you should really take a, a look at your own router as well and see, what's happening with it, who's utilizing it, who else might be utilizing it uh, aside from you. And, and you'll be surprised at, at, you know, what that answer might be. Uh, so what you're doing with a Wi-Fi tablet, you're going to install communications apps on there, such as Signal or Wire or Briar or Session or Wicker there's several that are out there, okay? And I did an entire lesson from the farm where I covered the pros and cons of those apps. Why should it be an Android device versus an Apple device? Because I know that's probably in the minds of some of you out there. Me personally, I like the maximum amount of uh, open source access to my devices as possible. Okay, and with Apple devices, you don't get that. You have to index everything through the iTunes store. That's a problem, okay? A record is being kept once that happens of exactly what you are downloading. And Apple is really comfy with the Chinese government as well. And you better bet your sweet bottom that they are giving all of that data to the Chinese Communist Party. Because if they weren't, they wouldn't be allowed to operate there. So going forward with all this, you know, one of the, the greatest intelligence collection assets out there on part of governmental entities, uh, you know, and, and, and what have you is that thing that's in your back pocket, that thing that you probably are listening to this podcast on right now. And you have to learn how to protect yourself, how to mitigate a lot of that data that is being emitted. And uh, again, revisiting the, the clandestine communications device, uh, those, those podcasts, the articles I've written on it, what you're doing with that MP4 device or that tablet is connecting to a Wi-Fi outlet somewhere to access the internet and you're making calls uh, via those apps to other people who have those same apps, uh, such as Wire or Signal, or Briar, or Session, or, you know, any of those. Wicker is another one. Uh, so revisit, dust off that data, go back, um, check that stuff out, because I'm telling you, if, if we're approaching a, a time where uh, privacy and, and security, and personal security, is becoming of, of ever more uh, serious and, and, uh, critical importance. And if you're giving all of your information away to big tech and knowing that these companies exist, alpha six exists, and this is just one. Okay. This is just one. There are dozens of these out there and they're not all, they're not all by the way, United States government, uh, NSO group with the Pegasus, 
software and more of that is being disclosed now. Uh, this is very scary stuff. Okay, this is very scary stuff. So you've got agencies all around the world, intelligence agencies that are solely relying on cell phone data and the information that is collected based on that alone to do all the heavy lifting. So back in the day, you know, when, when we had to rely on human intelligence and actual tradecraft on the ground, now, you know, cell phone data does the most amount of work for us. As a patriot, as a partisan, as somebody who is a freedom fighter down in the trenches, you can weaponize that knowledge as well. Because if you know that that's their first avenue of approach, if you know that that is how they are going to come after you, something that I used to say in every episode, your adversary's first avenue of approach, right, is the one that you have to understand and that easiest route of ingress, right, the easiest way, path of least resistance, is going to be their avenue of approach. 100% of the time, it's cell phones, okay? Uh, so, you have to understand that. If, if you don't understand and the technology is beyond you, well, you know, get some education. That's all I can tell you. Get some education because the battlefield absolutely has digital elements to it. And if you have to um, stay abreast of all that, if you're not staying abreast of all of it and you are not uh, seeking new ways to protect yourself and understanding the attack surface, the threat model of what uh, potentially is out there to come after you, because I promise you, everybody's got something to hide. If you are an activist, if you are a freedom activist, if you uh, believe in the cause of liberty, or let's just say that all of a sudden, all of a sudden, you find yourself on the wrong side of a conversation, well, they're going to come after you. Somebody is going to come after you, and they're going to weaponize that data. And so understanding how to sanitize your digital exhaust becomes that much more important. Cell phone data is a big part of it. So anyway, uh, that's just one of the big stories. Got several other things on tap that I wanted to cover, and we're coming up on the one-hour mark. I can literally talk about these topics all day, and just so happens that we teach a class for it, RTO, Advanced RTO, and the Signals Intelligence course cover all of these topics and a heck of a lot more. Got several of those dates that are up on the training calendar right now. Michigan, I am coming your way this time next week. I am going to be out in Washington State, and uh, man, I'm really looking forward to getting out out there running the scout course, uh, which is packed full, completely full. Turned people away from that course. A lot of great patriots out there. Still got space available in the RTO course. Definitely get in on that. We can accommodate, uh, I think, up to 25 in there. And um, we're, we've, we've got a little bit of room left. Uh, we got a little bit of room left to, to get as many people trained as possible uh, out there. So that is also going to be the last time I am on the West Coast in 2022. I will be in Wyoming this summer. 
so uh, you know that that's pretty much that. And uh, if you don't make it out to the Washington class, then we'll be looking at Wyoming. Um, I am going to be up in Michigan. Still got space in that class as well. You definitely want to get in on it. Get your communications squared away. And it's not just radio. We're covering all these things. All the stuff that I've been talking about, things that I cover in uh, Lessons from the Farm, over on the uh, Podbean patron side, we cover all these topics. And I really, truly enjoy interacting with all of you in class. The last thing that I want to put out, Radio Recon Group over on the forum, forum forum.brushbeater.org. Get over there. Radio Recon Group is alive and well and quite active. We've got nets. Guard frequencies are going to be up over there. So if you are just getting into HF, or you're an old-time ham that's just looking for a cool group of guys and gals to talk to, definitely get up on the forum over there. Big community. We've got just under a 1,000 users right now that are over there that are interacting. And the best part about it all, it is a great community of like-minded patriots. Really looking forward to interacting with all of you over there. Radio Recon Group is going to be very active here in the future. Moving on, I am working on some projects that I think all of you are really, really going to appreciate for the near future. And I've had a lot of irons in the fire. I've got a lot of things that are on tap, some things that have been on tap for way too long, and I'm burning the midnight oil trying to get all of that squared away right now. But bottom line of it all, folks, going back to the beginning of the episode, I truly appreciate your support. I appreciate... Everything that this community has given me has offered to me by the way of all of you. This incredible audience that is growing by leaps and bounds every single day. It is proof positive that together we can make it. We can do it. Doesn't matter how many stones they throw at us. Doesn't matter how hard they come after us. It doesn't matter how many times they try to shut us down. We will always find a way. To liberty, folks. God bless you, and I'll talk to you very soon. This is NC Scout out. Back away! Back away!